Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying the Prophet Jeremiah, Yermiyahu 15b. And we just heard in the first nine verses how God told the Prophet, told Yermiyahu, that um, this destruction was coming. And after telling Yermiyahu not even to bother praying, because there was no way this was going to get turned around, he also said, not even if the great Moshe, the great Moses, or Samuel, Shmuel, and those great prophets, even if they prayed, they wouldn't be able to save the people. And we said the reason being because the people are refusing to change their ways. Once being hit with this, with this terrible news that the situation is basically hopeless, one can understand the exasperation and the desperation that must have overcome the prophet when he heard this. You know, he's suffering, being taunted, being um, ignored, being ridiculed, and and suffering the um, anxiety of being the subject of plots to kill him and so on. All of this, he's suffering, and there's no hope. So Yermiyahu's reaction is is understandable, which he states in verse 10, as we continue to read chapter 15, Oi li imi, woe is to me, woe is to my mother, ki lididini, that she gave birth to me. Ishriv if ishma don I'm a person that everyone constantly is arguing with, nobody likes me. Everyone is yelling at me, ishma don, I'm a person constantly full of, of, of people uh, judging me, people um, uh, fighting with me. I've never borrowed, I've never lent money, which is usually a source of conflict. Uh, but I've never been involved in these kinds of interactions. Presumably also because as a priest, he wasn't a businessman. His te- the temple was his, his, would have been his livelihood. But I've, I've never been involved in any interactions that should lead to fights, but still this is Kulomi Kalilani, everyone is cursing me. So God hears the desperation, God hears the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the anxiety in the prophet's voice. And he then turns to Yermio and answers him with a little bit of reassurance. And he says as follows. So God responds, to his desperation, Omar Adonai says, God, Imlo I'm going to translate this after I read the whole verse. Imlo This is one of the most difficult to translate verses that I've come across in the words of the prophets and certainly in this book, Yirmiyahu. Um, almost any way you read it, you have to kind of fill in some blanks. But let me read it first um, based on the traditional commentary because it, it seems the most, um, uh, I guess, the smoothest response of God to, to the prophet. So the prophet just said how, how ex- desperate he is, how exasperated he is, and God answers as follows. Imlo is a, would then be a language of swearing. I swear that I will spare you yet for good. So God is encouraging Jeremiah. He's encouraging Jeremiah. He's saying, don't worry. You I will save for good. You will not get destroyed in the end. The people will not destroy you. 
and I swear that I will cause the enemy to appeal to you in the time of evil, in the time of distress. The traditional commentaries assume that this verse is God's response. God is giving him comfort by saying, don't worry, they might try to harm you, but in the end they will not be able to harm you. And when the big destruction comes in the eighth row, in the time of evil and distress, during then, the enemy, meaning the head of the enemy, will come and appeal to you. He will ask you for something or he'll offer you something. Uh, which is what happened in the end when Nebuzaradan, the head of the Babylonian Chaldean army, came to Jeremiah among the exiles and said, uh, and asked him to come to Babylon with him rather than kill him or destroy him uh, and ens- or enslave him. He offered him freedom, uh, but Yermio then chose to go back to r- remain with the remnant of people that were in Judah. This was a, uh, this would be the, I guess the traditional way of understanding this verse uh, and the one that kind of reads the best. So I'm going to stick with that one. And verse 12 is, uh, I guess, several, two different ways we can read the next verse. It's a very short verse, but it reads as follows. Can iron break the northern iron which is mixed with bronze or copper so the the type there's you by mixing certain metals you get so either you can get a stronger metal and there's two ways to understand this verse one is the way rashi reads it that it's a continuation of the verse prior which would be read as follows um god tells yermiyahu that that I will save you, and when the when the destruction comes, the the head the uh, the head of the enemy will come and entreat you and appeal to you and ask you to um, come with him and keep you safe. Because your you are like the stronger iron, which is a mix of iron and bronze, which is a much stronger iron, and there's no way that the iron that he's holding, meaning his weapons, can be as strong as you. And if this is the case, then it would be a reference back to Yermiyahu chapter 1, um, verse 18, where God told uh, told the prophet, I am making you a amud barzel ulchomot nechoshet. I am making you like an iron um, pillar and walls made out of bronze. So over there, so God was telling Yermiyahu, the prophet, that you're going to be strong like that. So over here, this then would be a reference to that. And he's saying, you are so strong, like the type of iron, which is a mix of iron and bronze, there's no way the enemy will be able to, to be stronger than you. The Radak, on the other hand, reads this as a lead-in to the next verse. In other words, the last verse was encouragement to the prophet, Jeremiah, Yermiyahu. But this verse is a lead-in to the next one, and it's saying the opposite that the barzel mitzafon, the iron that comes from the north, is ref- which is mixed with bronze, is referring to the enemy. And God is saying that the enemy is going to be stronger than the people of Jerusalem, who are represented, at least in this verse, as just plain old iron, iron without the mix of, of, of bronze. Let's go on to verse 13. Your, this is God talking to the people, your armies, 
or your wealth. Actually, here Chel means your your accumulated wealth, and your storehouses full of treasures. Lavaz etain lovemachir. They are going to be for war spoils. People will get it for free. They won't even have to pay for it. And the reason why this is going to happen is is as a result of all of your sins and the sins that you committed throughout all of your boundaries. There's again various ways to translate this. I'm going to go with the traditional translations, the Metsudos, the Radak, that I am going to send you with your enemies into a land that you do not know. There are other ways to translate this. This is the more traditional way, and it, you have to fill in a few blanks, but it, it reads well with the words. Why will I do this? Because there is a fire, a fire of fury that is burning in my anger to cut, and upon you that flame will burn. This is verse 15. You know. Now over here, this is um, again uh, the, um, the prophet speaking. Here we have the uh, prophet once again Uh, being, you know, feeling exasperated, feeling upset. He, people are constantly attacking him. So another natural reaction of a person would be, God, take revenge on my enemies. Stop them from hurting me and, and, and punish them for it. And this is a, it's a little bit difficult to imagine a prophet, especially a prophet who's been so referring to the people as Batami, as their, his beloved nation, and has been so so much a defender of the people and he just even prayed for them even after God asked him not to but over here it's it's a natural reaction you know Adonai God remember me and keep me in mind and take revenge for me against my enemies don't um, uh, uh, I, I saw a translation don't yield to your patience don't be so patient with all of my tormentors and give them so many chances to torment me know how I have borne shame and, and, and abuse in your name People, they're abusing me because I'm doing what you asked so please take revenge upon my enemies may they find your when, I'm, I'm sorry um, when, when I when I found your words when you first came to me back in the beginning of this book, and you first offered me this mission, or or actually charged me with this mission, I ate them up. I was so happy. I was so excited in my heart to hear your words and take up on this mission. And the uh, Rashi explains the reason why I was so happy then was because I thought that the people were going to listen. You told me that I have a mission to tell the people to, to mend their ways, and I thought they would mend their ways, and then I would be a happy, uh, happy prophet to accomplish uh, getting the people to, to act properly. How And I was so proud that you called your name upon me, God, the Lord of hosts, and here I am, your prophet with your message, here I am all excited. However, and, and, Lo yashavti besod misachakim v'eloz. This is verse 17. There's various ways to translate this too. I'm going to assume that this verse that is referring to the false prophets 
and all of the false leaders and no and 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 officers of the government that was telling everyone, oh, don't worry, everything's fine, don't worry about it, just go party, do your thing, relax, take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry, so on. But I, lo yashavti b'sod b'snachakim v'elohs. I didn't sit in those groups and those clubs of people joking around v'elohs and and being merry and happy and 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 drinking and making parties. Why? Because of your hand, meaning this hand here is referring to the prophecy that you gave me. Because you gave me this prophecy, you gave me this message to carry to the people, this message, which is really a message of doom and gloom, but it's a message of repentance. I want, I'm coming to tell people things they don't want to hear, so I sat alone. I didn't go to those parties with all of those false prophets. I was all alone. Because you have filled me up with words of anger, meaning the words of your anger towards the people that I was meant to communicate. So he continues to lament the prophet. Why is it that my pain just has to go on forever? When is this end? And my and my wound is anusha is ill. I think this is like a reference. My wound is infected. It's, it's, I get a wound and then it's getting worse and worse. It's just infected. It refuses to heal. It won't heal. You have been to me. This is almost shocking words. Jeremiah, the prophet, is saying straight to God. You have been to me like a spring that doesn't always give water. And you're walking hungry or thirsty in the desert and you go to the spring and there's no water there because it's not reliable you got to have been unreliable to me you're like a spring that you can't trust a, a, a brook that doesn't always have water in it this is pretty shocking for the prophet to say this to god that god you have been unreliable to me um because you said and presumably he's feeling this way because you sent me on a message and what do i get no one listens to my message and they come and they they abuse me for it but then God answers, and this is verse 19. And, um, therefore, so says God. Now, there is um, several ways to read this. I'm going to mention the Radak's way to read this and Rashi's way to read this. The way the Radak reads this is as follows. God was obviously uh, pretty taken aback, so to speak. Obviously, we can't say that about God, but he was taken aback by, oh my, like... Yirmiyahu just accused God of being unreliable. This isn't God's fault. This is the people doing the thing. How could he speak to him that way? So God immediately says, Whoa, in Toshuv, if you return back to me, because Yirmiyahu was speaking words that hinted that he was almost ready to abandon God and abandon this mission. So God says, In Toshuv, if you return back to me, then I will turn back to uh, to you, I will. Then you will always stand in front of me, and I will return to you. And then the totsi yakar mizolel. And then, if you can deal even more than that, so you return to me by yourself. I will always stand by you. I will protect you, just like the promise God made to Jeremiah the prophet himself before that. Even when the destruction comes, he himself would be safe. However, if you can even be, if you can do more than that and return the people, if you can take something precious out of people that are so, so uh, worthless, 
and you can and you can make something out of these people that are so worthless. If you can change them, if you can bring them back and change them into something precious, then kifitiya, then you will be like my own mouth. Meaning, you can go ahead and re- and repeal this decree. Then your prayers will be as good as if I myself said it. I will save the people for sure if you can accomplish that. Yashu, as long as Yashuvu Hema Elecha, as long as the people can return to you via and you don't go on their path and you don't get negatively influenced by them. This is interesting because when Yirmiyo, the prophet, it sounds like uh, Yirmiyo, by accusing God of being unreliable, he was, by him starting to go down that path, he was making himself vulnerable to listening to the people. He could have almost been stuck listening to them and becoming part of those all of those false prophets and so on. It's it's difficult to say this, but that's what the the uh, the connotations here are. However, God then says, "Whoa, no! You come back to me. You stay with me, and I promise I'll keep you safe. And you be really, really careful that when you go out to influence them, that it's you who's influencing them, not the other way around." Then, and if you can accomplish changing them, then sure, I will definitely repeal the decree. Another way, that was the Radox way of reading this verse. Rashi uh, looks at this verse as if God completely ignored Yirmiyahu, who's uh, the prophet's um, uh, uh, very uh, strong objections. And, and just went on and said, in Toshuv, if you can bring the people back, so it was like repetitive, if you can bring the people back, I will stay with you. If you can bring something precious from the worthless, I will stay with you. As if God completely ignored him, but then beseeched him and said, make sure not to get influenced by them. Let's move on to verse 20. Unisaticha la'am hazeh, and I will make you, and this is just a guarantee God is giving the prophet, I will make you for this nation, l'chomat n'choshes besura, like a... Um, fortified strong wall of iron or bronze actually or sometimes translated as copper the people may argue against you they might wage war so to speak uh, they might have conspiracies to harm you but they will not be able to harm you why i am with you i am here to save you and to rescue you so says god I will save you from the hands of the wicked people that are trying to hurt you. And I will redeem you from the hands of the people who are being violent towards you. So this is God's promise to Yirmiyahu that he will keep him safe. Thank you so much for studying chapter 15. Looking forward to studying chapter 16. And of course the rest of the book of Jeremiah and beyond together with you.